top of the morning to you. How the heck are you? Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Happy Friday. Hope your week's gone well. Got a big sports weekend, especially if LT Gray is going to play like he did in the final 40 minutes yesterday. How are you, Mark? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Watched uh, three episodes of Full Swing. Led me right into the coverage of the Genesis Invitational. I am golf geek guy today, David. <laughs> well, you got your collared shirt on, so I knew either you're feeling the golf or you're going to play it shortly after the show. But first off, so what'd you think of Full Swing? I liked it. Loved it. Um, can't wait for the next one. Uh, they're, you know, they dove into the the Live Golf versus the PGA Tour right as it was happening. You know, they've got Poulter, they've got Brooks Kepka. It has been that part is fascinating. I, it's a good in depth behind the scenes, getting some stuff you wouldn't get with guys winning tournaments. The access they're granted was sensational. I was surprised. I mean, how much of Augusta National? I mean, they walked into the clubhouse of Augusta National. I was stunned the access that they had to Augusta. Stunned. Well, now I'm even more excited to sit down and binge watch it. Okay, I was going to make Sunday my full swing day. So now I'm fired up. Uh, but not as fired up as America got yesterday watching, uh, watching, well, Eldrick, who became Tiger in the final 45 minutes. Although he was pounding the ball off the tee. Hit the driver great. He actually... I don't want to say putted poorly. He flew some irons over flags. I, he bit the ball all right yesterday. Had, you know, made some good up and downs. And then got it going late. Yep. Yep. You know, it's kind of like that concert in which, uh, you know, they line up your, your five, six biggest hits and play them all in a row and then call it a day. Little birdie, birdie, birdie finish. Not that anybody was paying attention or anything. Just see the... The tweet that we got from an old friend of the show, Jeff in Iowa, who is in uh, New England, okay, at the end of this week for whatever reason. And he said, yeah, I'm here in Boston. I'm at the sports bar. The Bruins and Nesson have been relegated to like two TVs in the corner. Golf is on everything. <laughs> this is the Bruins who are playing at a near record pace in Boston. And it's kind of like, all right, we got one TV over here, one TV over here, the two small ones. Uh, Tigers on everything else. <laughs> well, think about the threesome. You've got JT, you've got Rory, who are just also Rams because of who they're playing with. And it's, you know, it. It was fun to watch, and it looked like all three of them were having a great time. Well, they've played a lot of golf together by now. That you know, they're very comfortable with him and the whole size of the crowds. And that you know, I mean, the one guy's won two majors, the other guy's won four. You'd like to think they could handle it. JT and Tiger have played a ton of golf together. And I'm guessing that Tiger and Rory have never been closer because, well, the two of them are running the PGA Tour. They were walking down off of a tee, and Rory said something. They were two of them were laughing pretty hard, and I was already in my head going. They were captioning Tiger in the practice round with Monahan walking next to each other. Captioned what they're talking about Monahan as they're walking off the tee right now. Was what I what I was thinking watching it. Uh, 
But but yesterday was encouraging. You know, I mean, let's face it. When he shot that opening round 71 at Augusta, that was a course management day. He did not hit the ball great. He hit it okay. But he knew how to get around that course. He, that was a maximum scoring day. He did not hit the ball better than the one under 71 that he posted. That was the most he could get out of that round. I mean, he was pounding the ball yesterday. His average drive was 311. And, you know, he had, I think, three drives in the 330s. And I understand that everybody's pounding the ball today. But the other thing that happened last year was, you know, Tiger, we're used to Tiger being the longest hitting guy. Maybe a handful of guys can throw one out there beyond him that was not the case last year tiger was in the middle of the pack occasionally he'd bomb one out there and you'd go oh okay still got it he's pounding the ball yesterday hitting it past both jt and rory on a couple of occasions well and this just in rory hits it pretty hard right yeah So JT I, talked about one in a practice round in which he was just crushing the ball with Tiger, just crushing it. It was constantly 20, 30 yards ahead of Tiger. And they got on one tee and, you know, JT said something along the lines of, you know, longest drive or whatever. And JT goes, I hit, I hit one pretty good. He goes, and then Tiger puts it 20 yards past me and just kind of looks at me like, you know, listen, yeah, I still got it, okay? I mean, you know, you you do, you do your thing, I'll do mine. <laughs> I like the caption I saw yesterday, this huge, huge crowd following them. And somebody says, boy, this full swing has really helped Rory and JT's, you know, Q factor. Yes. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Um, hey, look it. This is a course that he doesn't even play that well. No, no, but he's hosting the tournament and he says, all right, what the heck? And as Ron Syrak pointed out on our show yesterday, the two toughest walks on the course are down to the first tee and up to the sign your scorecard, 52 steps walking up that hill after playing. He said, otherwise it's a pretty straight flat track. But a couple under. Three birdies to finish the round, and nothing like a little primetime tiger to get your evening started. Problem now is that that was the good tea time. Not just for him, but for us, if you know what I mean. Because Tiger's teeing off within a half an hour of this show ending. And it will be cold. Yes. It was in the 30s yesterday morning when they started. I don't know if it's going to be that cold today. But it's still going to be 40-degree temperatures. And obviously, when you're dealing with the pain that he's dealing with, cold weather is not helpful to that. So we'll see how Tiger responds today. And we'll also see how everybody is going to try to take it in while at work. You know, setting up setting up your tablet. You know, downloading. I mean, you know, heck, I don't even know. The, Tiger's hardly even going to be on golf channel i mean th this is going to be what peacock no uh, well or, ES or espn plus has a lot of the ESPN early espn plus is that it 
I mean, man, gonna have to gonna have to go digging for this. Featured groups, baby. We'll find it. Don't you worry. Do you take the tablet into your boss right away and you go, hey, it's going to be a hell of a day at work today. By the way, Tiger's playing at 1024. I mean, do you just head on, get the boss to, you know, be all in with you? Like, yep, I'll be watching too. You got to know the boss. This is a case-by-case basis. This is, uh, you know, like your question of Ian Cummings the other day, do you draft a running back in the first round? David, it is a case-by-case basis here. Do you confront the boss and say, we're blowing the day off and watching golf? That depends. How much does your boss like Tiger Woods? Well, the good thing is it is golf. You know, I mean, you got seven, eight minutes. You can get a lot of work done while watching Tiger hit every shot. I mean, you really can. Or is this one of those days where you're going to have to get out of the office early? I got an errand to run. Oh, the, the school called. Something going on with my kid. I mean, are you just going to have to just, and then it's lunch. And then, you know, you take it from there. Uh, I don't know. Just wondering, how how do you handle today trying to take in El Tigre? Because let's face it, if he had hit, gone par, par, par and posted, you know, a one over, ah, okay, it was nice to see him. He looked better than he had, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he's, he's on the wrong side of the cut line and, you know. But, I mean, come on. I mean, he finished birdie, birdie, birdie. I mean, you know how the Tiger fans are. As sports fans are, they're thinking, well, he's back. I'm going to put 20 bucks on her to win the Masters. Those odds probably dropped, too. I <laughs> uh, should put those $20 down when he was one over on the 16th. There you go. But today's a calculated day. How are you going to handle this? You know, Tiger's teeing off in four hours. Plan that's, accordingly. That's, uh, you know, just A, you got to be able to stream it and take it in. And then B, where are you going to do it? You just be bold. You do it at work. What's going on? Uh, nothing. I'm working. Well, what's that? Well, it's Tiger. Uh, you're watching golf? No, I'm watching Tiger. There's a big difference, don't you know? Right. That's where you look right at the boss and go, you know, I could have called in today. I mean, I'm feeling the sniffles. It is the Genesis Invitational after all. (laughs) I think you could sacrifice watching Tiger today and still get a little work done, but I don't know. But do you really want to? Well, that's the, there, there it comes down to that ultimate question. Is it worth blowing off the day of work? And I think most of you think that it is. I mean, remember, this hasn't been the greatest worker productivity day anyway. What did we all do on Monday? We talked about the Super Bowl all day. You know, do you think it was a hold? Should they have called it? What did you think of the game? What did you think of Rihanna? Hey, did you know she's pregnant? I mean, you know, that was Monday. So then maybe you got a little work done, but now it's a Tiger Friday. I mean, come on. Besides, Mark, you and I, you know, we're big fans of the four-day work week. As far as we're concerned, we're done. 
<laughs> you know, you look at the boss, you go, listen, it, you're lucky that we're here. We, to us, this is we're burning a vacation day today. This is really overtime. I don't know if you're aware. I should be getting time and a half for Friday. I've been here long enough this week. Yeah. And you're lucky Tiger's not teeing off till 1024 and our show ends at 10. Ah. Miller and Moulton, great show lined up for you today. We'll talk a little sports business. We'll talk a little NASCAR. We'll talk a little, wait for it, XFL. Wow. Oh, boy. The starting five, 25 minutes away right here, Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes after the hour, top of the morning to you. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Tiger Woods, obviously the biggest story in sports yesterday. For people of a certain generation, however, and certainly certain fans, the passing of Tim McCarver was a, oh, wow. I mean, you think about it, Mark. John Madden passed away a few days after Christmas in 2021 so in the last 14 months if you think about it we have lost really the three analysts of at least one era if not even longer than that we lost madden but also in the last three weeks we've lost billy packer and tim mccarver and if you think about it i mean baseball football March Madness College Basketball, which, you know, is still a fairly big deal in this country. I mean, those were the three dominant voices. And the funny thing is, I don't know about you. See, I was a McCarver guy because I'm a Mets fan. And so I got McCarver doing Mets games at the infancy of his – before he went national, he was doing Mets. And the Mets got good for the first time in a while when he and Ralph Kiner and others were doing the games. And so, you know, for Mets fans, it's like he was our guy. But then he goes national, and a lot of people hated him. I was never a McCarver guy. I never would say I hated him. I thought... He had happened to him what so many of our broadcasters have happened to him. They're really good. They come on the scene, and for whatever reason, whether they change their style or we think they change their style, they don't, they're not as beloved later in their career as they was early. And I think McCarver had some of that. I thought, I thought McCarver became a little arrogant later in his career with the way he did games, and I didn't like his style. I never thought he was a bad broadcaster. I just didn't like the style, if you will. And, you know, I'm one of those that believe that McCarver didn't change that we did. That, you know, when I listen to him, that I'm like, well, this is the same guy I've always listened to. He's been a first guesser. The one thing I will say, McCarver was one of the few analysts. He was not a second guesser. He was not a pointing out what just happened. McCarver did the game like a manager would do a game. He was thinking three to five chess moves ahead. But in doing so, sometimes he also talked a lot, you know, 
Norm Chad had a great line about McCarver as to why it is he wasn't a fan. All right, somebody said, how come you don't like McCarver? He said, because when you ask me to McCarver what time it is, they'll tell you how to build a watch. But the other thing that I thought happened to McCarver, which I think also happened to Joe Buck, was, you know, the Yankees went 15 years without being in the World Series. And then all of a sudden, Fox gets baseball. They installed Joe as the voice of baseball. And their very first year doing baseball, who goes and wins the World Series? And then who, for the next five, seven years, seemingly was in the damn thing every year? Because from 96 through 03, they were in six of the eight World Series. And the Yankees are polarizing. And the Yankees are winning. And then, therefore, the people who didn't want the Yankees to win, I thought, turned on Joe and Tim. Because they're saying good things about the Yankees. Well, they're winning the World Series. What are you going to do? Say bad things? So. But Tim McCarver passed away at the age of 81, a few weeks after Billy Packer and barely a year after John Madden. And it just struck me that if you think about it, those were from an analyst standpoint. You know, you got Summerall, you got Jack Buck, Dick Enberg, you know, probably the play-by-play voices of that time. But, you know, those were really the analysts for football, baseball. I mean, you know, both Joe and Tim did 24 World Series. 24? 24 World Series. Joe Buck's 53 years old. And he walked away from doing the World Series. And Fox wanted him to do it until basically he stopped broadcasting. But as it turns out, when Joe walked away from Fox, the number was 24. And that's exactly how many McCarver did. And I text with Joe. I didn't talk to him yesterday. But I bet you that Joe now thinks it's appropriate that he and Tim did the same number of World Series. Since they did, I think, 16 of them together. Yeah, 24 World Series. It is astonishing, as you said, with Madden, with Packer, with now Tim McCarver, that for guys like you and I that are in their 50s, it was our, our voices. I mean, McCarver was in the industry was considered so good that if you got baseball, you had to have McCarver do the World Series. I mean, literally every network that televised the playoffs from the 80s, 90s, 2000s into the teens, whichever, they had McCarver. McCarver did the World Series for NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox. It was like, well, if we got the World Series, we got to get McCarver. And I can't help but immediately when I – and this is horrible, but when I think of McCarver, the first person I think of is Dion. Well, there's no doubt. It's the first thing I think of. When when I saw the news yesterday, that was the first thing that popped in my head. Where's McCarver at? And I chuckled. For those that don't know, early 90s, McCarver was critical of Dion playing both sports on the same day, said so during the World Series broadcast. And – um or I think it was the LCS at the time because the Braves won the LCS and Dion 
famously going through the Braves clubhouse going, where's McCarver? And you hear Tim go, I'm right here, Dion. And Dion, with a full thing of ice water, dumps it right on him. And McCarver stands there and goes, you're a real man, Dion, a real man. That's what that's where my head goes when it goes to McCarver of that petty little argument, vendetta, whatever it is Dion wanted to get off his chest and then dump on Tim McCarver, but the Mets fired McCarver. And they fired him because he was too honest. He second guessed Bobby Valentine's managerial decisions. He second guessed some of the moves that Steve Phillips made. And he had done Mets games for nearly 20 years, and the Mets fired him. And they had no problem saying why it was they fired him. They basically said, listen, you're an employee of the team. Your job is to say good things to the team. And McCarver said, no, my job is to serve the listener. And that is his job and was his job and is should be any analyst's job, particularly when they work for a team. Fans don't want to hear fluff. That's what he said. Fans know you're doing them a disservice by not telling them the way it is. But some teams don't want that to happen. They want you to be a mouthpiece. And McCarver did have the moment that many consider to be the best moment by an analyst in broadcasting history. Bottom of the ninth, game seven, 2001 World Series, in which the Yankees brought the infield in when Rivera was facing Luis Gonzalez. And he said, you know, Rivera breaks a lot of bats. And the ball oftentimes falls very shallow into the outfield. And with the infield in, that could be a problem. And literally on the next pitch, broken bat flare that lands about two feet onto the outfield grass. And if Jeter was normal defensive position, he wouldn't have had to move to catch it. And instead, the Diamondbacks won the World Series. So... Surmise to say they've been calling plays long before certain broadcasters made it in vogue to do so. I was going to say, call a football play, that's impressive. Call a baseball play, well, that's a mic drop. Miller and Moulton. The starting five is next. Thanks so much for listening. Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network. FloridaSportsNetwork.com. We'll talk sports business This is looming as a monster story, not just for baseball either. NHL, NBA, this whole Bally's regional sports model, one company's filing has already said we're not making the payment that we need to make this month. We're starting bankruptcy procedures. Kurt Bodenhausen of Sportico is going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. It's going to be a big story. Not going to be a sexy story, but it's going to be a story we're going to need to pay attention to because it is sooner rather than later going to affect our viewing, especially in this state. (laughs) Damn near every team is on a regional sports network. No, I think they all are. (laughs) I I think every team. I think both the Magic and Heat are. Obviously, the Rays and, and uh, Marlins are. The Panthers and Lightning are. Right. Uh, if you're baseball, basketball, hockey, you're on a Bally Sports Network. And 30 days from today takes us into the middle of March. Well, you still got NBA and NHL regular season going on for another four weeks. 
So it's, you know, kind of a big deal. I mean, listen, Mark, it's such a big deal. The NHL actually released a statement yesterday. Did you see their statement? It was pathetic. Hey, we're paying attention to this. (laughs) Jay Monahan from the PGA Tour went, I made a better statement about live golf than they made about the Bally Sports here. Statement was so bad that it literally gave off the impression, wow, it's like somebody tapped him on the shoulder this morning and let him know what was going on. Wait, what? Our games aren't going to be televised? Where? Come on. Everywhere. Right. Half the league. Come on. You're joking. Uh, Time now for the starting five. Five stories you need to know. It's the starting five on Miller and Moulton. Here's number one. Tiger Woods. I don't know if you heard, but he's back playing golf, at least this week. And, you know, he was one over through 15. You know, it was entertaining, but it wasn't that great. And then, well, he went all Tiger. Birdie, 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 finish. Little 269 on the board at Riviera. Thank you very much. He's T27. Cut line right now would be even par, so, you know, Tiger can probably afford to be, I don't know, one over today. You know, who knows? Maybe even two over. Would you stop it? He's going to shoot 67 today. Don't do not do that. No, he's not because he's teeing off in three and a half hours. I know. It's going to be 44 degrees out, and, he, and his body is 80. But anyway, uh, Max Homa, Keith Mitchell, your leaders, seven under. John Rahm, six under. Morikawa in a group at five under. Rory in a group at four under. Ricky Fowler, JT, in a group at three under. For what it's worth, Jordan Speed three over. He's got work to do today. Tiger tees off officially 10.24 a.m. Eastern. Yes. So basically 10.24 to about 3 o'clock. You figure out how you're going to watch Tiger cutting out of work you just putting the ipad right there at work i mean how bold you're going to be going to be sneaky going to be bold make your decision now on your morning coffee tiger 10 24 a.m eastern tea time 7 24 out there It'll, the sun will barely be up twin 150s last night at daytona mark you know i'm glad both races played out the way they did the one Ah, it was a nice drive. Okay, let's make a bunch of left-hand turns. You know, going to be relatively uneventful. Joey Logano's going to win. Okay, he always does well here. That makes sense. You know, Ross Chastain led a lap, finished 11th. You know, everybody has their primary car for the race on Sunday. Then you had the second race. Eric Amarola won it. Kyle Busch was the dominant car. He's leading. And, you know, it's Daytona. Just because you're leading doesn't mean you're going to finish well. Daniel Suarez wrecks them. They're probably going to have to go to their backup car now. You know, I mean, it's you know, he's got they got two Chevy Camaros. Don't get me wrong, but still. Uh, Zane Smith and Connor Daly end up getting the final two spots in the field. I know everybody was really... Oh, wanting to know that so uh sunday afternoon there you go 40 cars in the field for daytona i'm picking chastain i'll take elliot 
Okay. All right. <laughs> you could say that about 35 times. I will. <laughs> right, now, are you doing that for your son? No, he's the best okay. driver. Uh, you sure he's the best driver? I think he's got the best car. Week in, week out, I think he may have the best car. You think he's the best driver? If we did an IROC series, you'd take Chase Elliott? I would. Okay. That's interesting. I don't know who I'd take. I might take Kyle Busch, actually. I might take one of the old guys. But that's that's a me thing. You know, Mark Martin still thinks he could get in there and win. Um Listen, NFL news, the Saints Alvin Kamara and the Bengals uh, cornerback Chris Lemons both indicted for assaulting a man outside of Vegas nightclub at the Pro Bowl last year. So it took a year to indict him. I have no idea what that's going to mean for them and with their respective teams and with the league and what have you. So we'll see how this plays out. And, Mark, I think they listened to Miller and Moulton. Because we're the only show that complained about the Bush push. Apparently, the league now wants to get rid of it. They're Good. Like, that's, not a, that's not a football play. It's not. I I know. Just saying. Looks like they want to get rid of it. Uh, college football news out of Tallahassee. Uh, Ron DeSantis, you know, our governor, he uh, signed the law. It removes all the NIL restrictions that Florida had in comparison to most every other state. So now, uh, you know, all the schools in Florida think they're on an even NIL playing field. Okay, something we can get Republicans and Democrats to agree on, Mark, is that... Bipartisan bills are NIL bills in states, David. (laughs) We haven't had a national championship in how long? (laughs) can Can we all agree, please... That college football is very important. All right. We can discuss the environment tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, the XFL is going to kick off tomorrow. Third time's the charm. They they did a year. What was that? 01? Then they were doing it in 2020. Season was underway. They played like four games. Then, you know, that whole pandemic thing. Then The Rock bought them after they went into bankruptcy. And he kept them on the shelf the last two-plus years. But now he signed a deal with ABC slash ESPN. All the games are going to be televised and streamed, by the way. Eight teams in the league. They're all playing 10 games. I want to see these streaming numbers. I really (laughs) and truly want to see the actual number of people that are streaming XFL games. Just saying. No, no, no. I'm just – and you are, and I just did. That's all. I (laughs) – Tampa lost their franchise in the restructuring. They took a look at attendance and what have you. And they said, you know, New York and LA are bottom of attendance. People don't care. Yeah. We could have told you that. And uh, Tampa lost their franchise. They moved it to Orlando instead. They're the Orlando guardians and they're facing the Houston roughnecks tomorrow night. It's televised four letter network, eight o'clock. We'll have our XFL preview. That's not a joke. We'll have our XFL preview coming up in a couple hours. It's not a joke either. It's on my show sheet and everything. I phone <laughs> number, guest, in- Twitter handle. I, no, no, no. We we're really we're doing this. Mark nearly called in sick when he saw it, <laughs> but he decided, uh, okay. Um, listen, I'm surprised Rod showed up for work. 
I mean, it's bad enough Purdue lost at Northwestern over the weekend. Now they had a chance to be number one in the country again after Alabama's loss. They went to College Park last night, got whooped. Maryland beat them by 14. Well, we're never going to have Dusty May on the show again. Nope. Watch that game last night. Every time they showed him on the sideline, said, nice interview, coach. Great talking to you. It'll never happen again. 25th-ranked FAU lost in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to Middle Tennessee State, 74-70. Second-ranked Houston in line to be number one in the country. They beat SMU by 15. UCF lost a heartbreaker to Memphis by one. JU beat Austin P on the road. North Florida double overtime. How fun would this game have been? 114-111. How about that? Um, yeah, women's college basketball. South Carolina's 26-0. They beat the Gators by 31. Florida State beat Syracuse. They're nationally ranked. FGCU beat Lipscomb. They're nationally ranked. 28-8 first quarter lead for FGCU. Uh, Miami beat Clemson at home by five. FAU, North Florida, JU lost. Stetson won on the women's side. Uh, NBA, good news for Milwaukee. They beat Chicago. Bad news, Giannis Hurt sprained right wrist. Yeah, jammed it into the basket stanchion there and, and uh, yeah. chasing mm-hmm. down a play, so that's not good. Right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Bears watching. I mean, first off, does he even play in the All-Star? I mean, if he plays in the All-Star game, he's fine. Right. But All-Star game uh, this weekend, Salt Lake City. He might be out uh, for it. Embiid might be out for the All-Star game. He just said he wasn't healthy, so, I mean, that – they love their all-star game in that league. Yeah, the league does. I don't know. I, I don't think the players are all that excited about spending a weekend in Salt Lake City. I'm just going to go out on a limb. It's no Vegas. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it's Knoxville, but anyway. Uh, the Wizards were down 11 going to the fourth against the T-Wolves. Came back and won by eight. A good fourth quarter. And um, watch out for the Clippers. We've pointed it out a few times. They were actually the preseason betting favorite to win the NBA championship. Kawhi is healthy. Kawhi and Paul George together. They made a bunch of moves for depth at the deadline. Word is they're going to sign Russell Westbrook. Clippers went into Phoenix, beat the Suns by nine last night. Kevin Love's apparently going to get bought out by Cleveland and then apparently signed with the Heat. You say they need somebody who can shoot the ball from the outside, and these days that's about all Kevin Love can do. NHL, huge win for the Panthers in regulation against Washington. They're chasing Washington for the final playoff spot. They doubled them up 6 3. Carolina, Columbus, St. Louis, Boston 5 0 over Nashville. Hey, watch out for the Red Wings. How many have they won in a row? Five in a row. It's a winning streak, David. They're like a point out of the playoffs. The Detroit Red Wings, remember them? Kraken bombed Philly and Vegas 2-1 over San Jose. Today is the opening day of the college baseball season around the country. So, And in no place is college baseball a bigger deal than Florida. And just about everybody's in action. Miami, Florida, Florida State, UCF, South Florida, the 4A Sun Schools, FAU, FIU, Bethune, FAMU. All in action beginning today and tonight. And finally, Tim McCarver passed away yesterday at the age of 81. He broadcast 24 World Series, won six Emmys, and was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2012. 
And at nine minutes before the hour, that was... Starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller & Moulton. They're starting five. So there you go. Talk a little sports business at the top of the hour. We'll head to Daytona, talk with Bob Pockrass, top of the 8 o'clock hour. And yes, an XFL preview. If for, no, if for no other reason, we'll tell you the teams, maybe three players that you've heard of, and the rule changes, which is what I'm most interested in about this league. Because Dean Blandino, who used to run NFL officiating, is running XFL officiating. And clearly this league is trying to be the league that the NFL, you know, just buddies up to a little bit. That's really the the two spring leads. Which one can get the NFL to, I don't even know, they notice it, but have some sort of loose working relationship in one way, shape, or form. So the XFL begins play this weekend. The USFL doesn't begin play till mid-April. So the XFL gets a two-month head start. Most of their regular season will be complete before the USFL even kicks off. I will say this, Mark, for the football goober out there, you're going to have helmets and shoulder pads till July 4th. If you're interested, you're going to have hel- you're going to only have about 5-6 weeks in the entire year where there's not helmets and shoulder pads playing. That's if these leagues start and finish. (laughs) And I think that has to be – how can that not be on the table? I think both leagues will finish their regular season. That I would bet on. Okay. Year two, we shall find out. Year three, same thing. Miller and Moulton, we're doing an XFL preview on the show today. XFL on the Florida Sports Network.